This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Chris Johnson, a huge networker in the Chicagoland area. He's an entrepreneur at heart. He's a huge family guy. I don't think there was one conversation that I've ever had with Chris that he never brought up uh, his family, his wife, and his daughter. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Butch. Really, uh, really happy to be on. I've uh, admired you for a lot of years, man, and uh, the way you uh, carry yourself. And, and as I told you on many of our conversations, your name comes up a lot with uh, other mutual people. So I think if you're doing the right stuff and hanging out with the right people, then other great people kind of hit your your ecosystem. So grateful to be on. Thanks for saying that, Chris. Can you give our audience just a little bit of background um, for you? Obviously, you got a lot of passion in your history and then, of course, uh, entrepreneurship. And Sure. Yeah, I started uh, born in Bloomington, Indiana. I guess we'll start from the very, very, very beginning. And, uh, you know, I would say I've had a, a charmed life for my entire career. Has it, has it always gone exactly the way that you set out to you know, the things that you set out to do with your life and the, and the, the visions that you have. No, but as far as how I was brought up, the, the relationships that I've been able to have, I've just had a, a absolutely charmed life. Grew up in the Bloomington and have been on a, a very strong uh, entrepreneurial path. Um, have, you know, and got instilled in loving people and loving your, yourself from, from the outset of, with my parents. And I, I say this on every podcast. I love my mother. I love my father. Uh, I have been, you know, blessed beyond belief with fantastic parents and, uh, have a great wife. We have a, a young daughter that is almost four, which is the, the, the light of our life. And, and, you know, it wasn't easy to have her, uh, with in vitro and all the things that we had to do to, to have her. And, uh, so I don't take that for granted. And, you know, I've got friends that have had autistic kids. I mean, it, I've, I've got friends, I've had all the whole gamut of friends and to have a, a healthy, blessed, smart, beautiful little girl is, it, it, it doesn't go unnoticed. And, you know, I'm grateful to God every day for that. So, but been on an entrepreneurial path, um, since, since the outset, I, I actually, funny story. I sold cantaloupes with my father. We used to go to a farm and cantaloupes, watermelons from the age of like six, eight years old. So I learned how to negotiate and sell, um, at a very, you know, early age. And, uh, so that, that started the entrepreneurial path. And then, uh, I've spent, you know, we'll get into my career, but, you know, really an entrepreneurial path, but really a love for people and, a and a love to make people in a better position than they were and lift them up. So that's always been my passion. Awesome. So with the cantaloupe, is that like a lemonade stand? So you have a cantaloupe stand? Almost. Yeah. I think, you know, Washington, Indiana, Southern Indiana is known for their watermelon and cantaloupe farms. So yeah, we would do that and maybe raise a little bit of money for our baseball team and things of that sort. And I would also make a little bit of money each summer. So I guess the entrepreneurial journey started there along with the philanthropic side of things as well. So I was grateful to spend that time with my dad. 
Yeah, for sure. And 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 then in your adult life, you actually jumped into a franchise and actually built and um, built a company from from that. And it sounds like you had employees and you know, everything was great. And then you moved on from that. But uh, a lot of entrepreneurship in those days. But speaking of, um, you know, by, you mentioned about sports, right? So you have a huge passion for sports and you spent a number of your years with a sports club. And you talked about changing people's lives once you figure out, you know, you made you made some comment yesterday when we had spoken where people don't come in to lose weight or do something specific. There's another underlying reason. And I think that it sounded like that drove your passion to try to help them get to that level. Yeah, I think, Butch, when people come into the club, the, the key to a great health club or a great health experience is to really uh, get get deep with them and have them feel comfortable with you. So like in any good business transaction, it starts with trust. So I think, you know, folks come in and they say, I want to lose weight. You say, well, why? And then you can get some pretty amazing answers from there that maybe, you know, there's some infidelity possibly that uh, when they're on the road traveling and they want to lose weight for that, or maybe their, their daughter is getting married and, you know, six months or son and, and they want to look great. They got a new dress they bought. Like, I want to lose 40 pounds and, and you help them get there. And, and it really becomes more about their life than it is about the health stuff. So when you talk to them, it's, it really is about that relationship that you create. And I, I think the next step is to track their progress. So once they get to the trainer that you, that you help them get, or they do it on their own and you're, you know, when they came into our club, you know, I would spend most of my day just having 10, 20, 30 minute conversations with a lot of those members that I resonated with. So, and you would ask them questions like, how's it going? You know, what can we do to, to, to make it better for them to, you know, create open-ended questions uh, that would allow them to achieve their goals. When they did achieve that goal, whatever they set out, there was really nothing more satisfying in that role. I spent 15 years off and on uh, working in that, in, in that role. And it, I, don't, I didn't always make the most money, Butch, but I certainly was fulfilled. And then as far as the staff that we had, I mean, it was a family. It really was. and Probably kept me in that world longer than I would have been in it, but I just enjoyed the 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 climb every day of, of making people better. And then our, our staff was so awesome to be around from the food and beverage people all the way down to the locker room attendant. And, you know, I had probably better relationships with the folks that, that in, in that role than I did maybe even the, the president of, of the company that would come into town every so often in Cincinnati. So I think that's really important when we talk about business and life is that how do you treat people that can do nothing for you? Um, you know, and, and, the, and the, the end result of that is, is you don't know who you're talking to because you don't know what they're going to become. And the fun is the, is the relationship. So, you know, that, those were really, really great years of my life. And I still to this day miss those, those times every now and again. Yeah, you bring up a lot of great points that not only in, in what you were doing, but a lot of the business owners that you and I shake hands and rub elbows with all the time uh, outside of COVID, of course, but um, or Zoom meetings uh, nowadays. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, of course, outside of COVID, right? We right. were not shaking hands in COVID. No yeah, way. That's, no way. No way. Uh, but we had a bunch of uh, uh, Zoom calls and we'll get to that because there was a lot of success on, on some of the things that you worked with, uh, worked on during COVID. But um, I mean, a lot of things you had talked about is, you know, finding that purpose, you know, there's business owners out there that, 
you know, they, they think they, they found their purpose, but um, a lot of times it's too broad. So eventually uh, it fizzles out and then you got to find that purpose that drives the passion. And I know you had shared some experience. We don't have to get into details, but you know, you, you always got to be passionate about what you're doing. And, 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 and you went through, um, you know, obviously a high life of passion of what you do with the um, clients and what you're doing with obviously with the sports club, but then obviously moving the things that are not, you're not so passionate about, it changes the direction of success. And even just like you had mentioned, it maybe not the most money at the sports club, but the, uh, it's fulfilling. Right. And so you got to have the passion that's behind it. Yeah, no question. I, I think when, when you're passionate about what you do, then the competency level and the, uh, the, of, of what you do certainly increase. And, I was really, really good at that, you know, in, in the sales world of the of the sports club business because I made it about everything but me. And if you if you can really invest in other people, Bush, I think uh, your trajectory of growth and your competency level goes up very, very quickly. And if you're not passionate about what you do, I, people can first of all sense it, and second of all, you don't learn at the rate that you should. And so you have to know when that time is and you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, this isn't for me. This isn't the right uh, vocation or the right career for me at this point. You got to be quick to change what you're doing. So, you know, every, every, everything in life is a learning experience and, and you're not always going to have everything go your way. So, you know, it, life is a, a roller coaster ride at times. For sure. And so and you, you would try to bring that platform for other people to help connect and help other people before covid for sure you guys were doing these um networking meetings and they were in person and i think uh correct me if i'm wrong there were there were uh once a month and it was just about paying it for making introductions getting people to uh, meet people they never met before and you would gather in a room uh typically i think it was for lunch i didn't go to actually any of the meetings beforehand um just because of <laughs> logistics and then covid hit and then uh you had said it was somebody in your sphere of influences that said, hey, I think you need to move this to Zoom. And you mentioned that at the last in-person meeting that we just had uh, more recently, you guys went to Zoom. And I tell you, it grew because I remember going on in, in the beginning and we may be, there was probably like 40-something people, which is still successful. But the last Zoom meeting I had with uh, your group, you end up having over 100 people on the Zoom call, just con making connections, making breakout rooms to force people to introduce themselves and and possibly even just pay it forward with other people. And can you talk a little bit about the idea that came behind it and, and how you came to you know put it all together and have a, such a drive to get a huge following to get people to shake hands and rub elbows, but even if it was virtually? Yeah, you know, I don't want to get too cheesy on you, Butch, but I'm an emotional guy. And I, you know, I, I, first of all, I love people. And an Indiana guy. We got a football coach, and I'll get in. I always delve into sports with something. We got a football coach named Tom Allen who took the reins about four years ago. Indiana's the most losing, losingest. That's a word. Program in college football history. So that that's always bugged me. But that's a we could have that's a side topic. But Tom Allen gets the job and says, "Leo, love each other." That was his his mantra, his line that that he brought to Indiana. And I'll tell you what, when he went five and seven for two years, he got laughed at. Last year, Indiana broke through. They were six and two. It was a COVID year, right? Could be a strange year because it was COVID. It wasn't a lot of fans. But I can tell you what, when you 
start winning in life, it's amazing how things like that, all of a sudden he became a genius. So to take that into what we do, we, we, we love people, number one, and we, we think outside our, ourselves and, and how we bring people in. We look, we recruit to a certain criteria of folks that resonate with, with who we are. And we, you know, I've got a great partner in the Strategic Introduction League named Michael Pasahovich. And, and I started it with a, with a gentleman, uh, two gentlemen, Scott Nicholson and Greg Eck, who are really good friends of mine. And we started it and before COVID, like you said, and we had, I think we had 135, 140 people scheduled to come to five seasons where I was before for an event. And then COVID hit and we, we scrapped it. And then we just kind of froze for about a month, month and a half and didn't do anything. And then, um, Matt Barifato, another close friend, like you said, did a, did a goodwill hunting moment on me and said, you got to go, got to go virtual. You got to go virtual. He must've said it 15 times to me. And I kept saying, I don't know. I don't, don't really enjoy virtual. I, I, I don't like looking at myself. Like a lot of people, they really admit it. They say they don't like looking at their own, uh, their own face in a camera. And uh, I said, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's for me. And he just kept challenging me and, probably the best thing that ever happened because, you know, with the COVID and we did it, we were doing it once a week, Butch, at the high point, actually twice a week, excuse me. We were doing it every Tuesday and Thursday, which was probably overkill, but I think people enjoyed it because it got them through it. And then, you know, to be able to have that interaction with other people as we were going through that difficult time in our country. But we look for three things, humble. I think that's number one. You know, we want folks that, that are highly, highly successful but they love to serve and help other people and have great conversations. I think that's the first thing. The second thing is altruistic. And it, I think we, we served that well. We had an event um, last week. We did it at Ricky Austin Tears in Elgin with 60 people. $25 was the lunch and 10 of it went to charity. So, you know, those are the kind of things that we're, that we're starting to get into so yeah, and the third thing is hungry. So we you know we're looking for folks that in businesses that are that are on the climb and and that you know they don't feel like they've ever gotten there, and they're they're always looking to improve. So when I when I look in someone's eyes and I kind of see that they think they've already made it, I that that to me uh, is something that I would say we're not really looking for. We want folks that are that are on on the climb. And they want to improve and they want to really um, drive revenue, number one, and help other people do the same. And I've had some really, really good people I've been around in my life, Butch. Um, and I think a good mentor certainly is wonderful, but I see a lot of mentors that want to see you be about as half as good as they are. And I think the key to a fantastic mentor is to make, you know, to get 10, 15, 20 people that are doing better than what you do. And it, it, uh, that is true giving and true, true uh, pushing people up and elevating their, their life. And, I, and that would be my goal. Like if I went through life and I'm on my deathbed, hopefully no time soon, did I make 10, 20, 30 people? Did I elevate them to a level that's higher than what I've done? Financially, spiritually, emotionally. If I, if, if I did that and I look back on this journey, I think I've done my job. Yeah, you're headed that way. You obviously are bridging the gap on what you're you're talking about, moving on to uh, a new project that you started. I guess, it looks like it's in June. I know we talked about it even before June that it was in the works. 
but you're trying to use these center of influences in a networking fashion. And so can you give us um, a little update on what's going on with that uh, and uh, talk about the project you're working on with that? Yeah, it's called Center of Influence and just, you know, paying attention to what is around you with, you know, EO and Chicago Entrepreneurs Organization, Provisors, Vistage, Accelerant, Indianapolis, because I'm, as, as I said, I'm from that area. And then a strategic coach, and then looking at um, a group of guys that are very dear to me uh, in Indianapolis called Synergizer. <coughs> Excuse me, Aaron Stanton and uh, Jason Alm, and just taking the, all of those different components and pieces and really trying to raise the profile of the room and making it all about relationship driven because transaction to me is, is, is a never ending pursuit transactional business and the satisfaction of relationship building in, in business and in life is, is, is really what we're after. So, uh, you know, every other month we have a philanthropic, uh, entity that we bring together. And, uh, and then we also do, um, a number of other zoom events that we bring together and we have happy hours and things of that sort But to really bring in the right altruistic, people that want to make a huge impact on their community and to help their company drive, drive revenue. So that's what we've tried to put together. We're, you know, around 30 folks that we've, uh, that have entered our, our ecosystem. And, you know, the goal was to maybe have a hundred people by the end of the year and raise a lot of money for, for different not-for-profits in the Chicago area. And heck who knows, we might take it national and, do that and, and help a lot of people in that way. And then also again, drive revenue for the, the companies uh, that are there. And, and then honesty and integrity are of the utmost importance. So well, I think if you lose that as a business or as a person, I think you've lost everything. So that's probably the number one is the integrity and honesty. In the room. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year reach out to butch right now 708-535-3006 or shoot him an email butch at elitebenefits.net and be sure to check out the zmar podcast don't wait till the last minute put butch zmar to work for you now can you um, expand a little bit on the giving back that you're talking about the nonprofit? Um, because i know you wanted to you know, when we talked about this initially months ago, if not even longer, that you, you're you're like, you know, you talked about everything you already talked about, the purpose, you know, the passion, um, the center of influence, you know, helping and mentoring other people, all that we've had conversations. But then an important piece of that was giving back. And so can you talk about that piece of it and then how you vet or or pick the, the nonprofits to, to go ahead and contribute the proceeds to? Well, really, the not-for-profits are, are the, the people that I interact with on a, a daily basis, the folks that I've, that I've met. And then for the folks that introduce me uh, in my circle, 
they, they introduced me to the not-for-profits. But the philanthropic piece, I mean, a part of our proceeds for our, our membership levels, which we have three of, with Center of Influence, for our initial level, half of that money goes to the charity that we pick. For instance, this August 26th, coming up in two weeks, we've got Dads of Steel, which is a not-for-profit focused on uh, being a good father, which, you know, as I said earlier, my four-year-old daughter is, is everything to me. So, you know, other fathers that are passionate about their kids. And then a couple of our fathers have had uh, children uh, at, at infant age pass unexpectedly. So it's also for grieving fathers. So we'll we'll have hopefully 50, 60, 70, 100 people at Lifetime Fitness in Oak on the 26th. And the goal is to raise, you know, as much money as we possibly can with our, our dues. And secondly, we'll have uh, some, some guest opportunities if they want to come and uh, to just grow this. I mean, like these guys in Indianapolis, my friends, they've raised $64,000 for charity just this year with the, the not-for-profits they brought in. So that would be the goal to, to be able to duplicate that or even exceed that eventually. And then also be known as, you know, a, a group of people that that generate opportunities for each other and keep it and then be better influencers. If somebody wants to get more information about this August 26th event, uh, in addition to that, if anybody wants to reach out to you for anything that you do or, you know, any uh, connection uh, basis, how do they get in touch with you? Yes. So website for Center of Influence, centerofinfluence.vip. And they can also see our event listed on uh, LinkedIn, or they can, if they want, email me, C Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, Impact, I-M-P-A-C-T-22 at Gmail. And, you know, I welcome anybody to call, just to have a, any kind of conversation, because there is no bad one. And, you know, any way I can serve or help someone, I'm, I'm all in. That's awesome. So great. We'll, we'll include um, links inside the show notes when we get this thing published. And then, um, and then obviously, if anybody wants to reach out to Chris about his background or anything that he's working on, these big projects and his passion for people, uh, they'll go ahead and reach out. I appreciate your uh, time, Chris. This has been great. Maybe we'll get you back on and get you some updates. And we'll talk about some of the projects that you're working on at that point. Excellent. Thank you, Butch. Thanks for having me. Hey, some quick updates going on in current events. We are um, just a little over mid-year of 2021. One is President Biden's open enrollment that he extended due to COVID and other related uh, matters for unemployment for additional tax credits. And, and if anybody was in between jobs, they could purchase health insurance. That deadline is August 15th, which, which gives you about 10 days as of not right now this recording. They probably will extend it. But they're talking about it, but nothing's passed at this moment in time. So if you're looking for a change or you're in between jobs, and you're looking for um, other alternatives related to individual health insurance, for example, for your family or yourself. Right now is the time they increased the dollar amounts that were actually given. So if you currently are on the plan, you could increase the dollar amounts given to reduce your premiums that will expire soon. Um, uh, it'll You can reconcile on your tax return, but if you want to update that, we can go in there and update um, 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 anytime that uh, you're ready for it or it just could be reconciled in a ta tax return. But for the lower income ones, the income is tax credit um, is increased. And then those with the higher income brackets um, may be eligible to re reduce their health insurance premiums at this moment of time since they um, increased it quite a bit. 
Um, there's even families making $250,000 a year still able to get a tax credit. Not everybody will, but it definitely increased the, the, the cap on it. For employers, the renewal time is right now. So right now in our office, we're actually closing out November renewals, um, putting them together, quoting other mark, marketing other programs, trying to see what other opportunities are there, not only for us, but for the employer on how to retain and um, enhance the benefit program or make changes. Maybe they're running the challenges. And so right now is the time for that. Take the urgency off and make sure the open enrollment is smooth as possible. Right on deck right now is December renewals and January renewals. And so if you have a renewal that's coming up, uh, don't wait. I know it's in the future. Some people wait until even uh, you know 15 to 20 days before the actual renewal. Uh, it's, it's all about scrambling at that point, especially if you're working with employees. And so start early. Uh, we don't have pricing that far out, but we could start doing preliminary planning, give you an idea where the market's going and see if we need to make any adjustments. So review now. We talked about on another podcast about a scorecard that we offer. Definitely do an evaluation through the scorecard. There's no obligation. Um, there'll be a link of that in the show notes. The next update, uh, we're actually expanding inside our office. We're actually adding another staff member next week. Uh, they're going to be behind the scenes. You probably won't see them too much, but they're definitely going to be there for data entry and servicing for um, the smaller accounts. So the next step for your employers out there definitely uh, fill out the scorecard and uh, we'll get you the report and you can go to the website uh, elitebenefits.net forward slash scorecard you could also request go to our website elitebenefits.net and just contact us through the contact page we'll send you a checklist a renewal checklist uh, that you can review no obligation we'll just give you resources and tools and there's an opportunity to do business great you can send it over to you can start uh, getting ahead of the schedule